Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the April 14th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is a big Friday NBA play-in time kind of edition of the show, right? Yep. Right. It is episode 268, 268 episodes. That's incredible. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Listeners, we appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed yet, you got to do it. You got to hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app thing there because, like, you never know when you're going to get an episode from us. And if you subscribe, then you don't have to worry. You'll just know. It'll show up for you. So go do that. That would be awesome. All right, John, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, So we did something pretty cool, right? Yeah. We got to go check out the last game, final game of the Boston Celtics regular season against the Atlanta Hawks, and it was the third team against the third team. Pretty much. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Second and third, yeah. Yeah, right. But yet uh, entertaining. Yeah, it was still very fun. The Celtics, uh, third string, second string, what have you, they look fantastic. Pritchard looks great. Hauser is interesting, coming, kind of coming up. So they've got some good depth, in my opinion. And So many threes again. in that game. I think the Celtics had like 25 threes at the end of the game. Yeah. So yeah, it was something like that. They were that. splashing down everything. Yeah, it was great. Very good. It's that cool was a venue. lot of fun. Very cool venue. Yes, TD. TD, uh, TD Garden. TD Garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Got to go do that again. Yeah. Sometime soon. And so now we go into the playoffs. So the play-in, we're a couple games in, correct? Yeah, the final two playing games are tonight. Okay, and so who we got coming up? You got the Bulls, Heat, and then you've got the Thunder, Timberwolves. Okay. The last two games. So the winner of the Thunder, Timberwolves game will go on to play the Nuggets. And the winner of the Bulls, Heat game will go on to play the Bucks. Okay. Um. And I, those two games are, and with the Suns Clippers game, are all Sunday. Okay. But then, so by the time we get out of the weekend, we're into the playoffs. Then. Yeah, all first games will be done. We'll have all that figured out, right? Yeah, everything will be decided in the first games. Will be done for every team, every game. Okay. All right. So, what do we think is going to happen here? Yeah. So, um, we'll do this kind of in two parts. We'll do tonight, or I guess today, we'll do the. Cavaliers Knicks game, the okay. Sixers Nets game, the Celtics Hawks game, and the Grizzlies Lakers, and then the Kings Warriors. All five of those games, because those are the games that are on Saturday. So wait, what's your plan here? So you're going to do some deep analysis? Yeah, is that what's games. going on? Kind of give my picks and who I think sort of win and why. Okay. And then we'll do the the Bucks Nuggets and Suns game, the Sunday's game tomorrow, just because we do not know who's going to play against the Nuggets, and we do not know who's going to play against the Bucks, which makes right. breaking them down. A little difficult. Harder. <laughs> okay. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thus, another good reason to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, so you know when that drops. That's right. Okay. Cool. All right. Let her rip. All righty. So we'll start, you know, with the Celtics-Hawks, which is the yep. game that we saw. Kind of a... But this time it'll it's be the, the first starters. Yeah, this time we'll get to see the starters play. A little more at stake. A little, um, little bit. But I think, personally, this uh, Celtics are going to sweep the Hawks in this uh, okay. series. Um at first, I thought it would be a five-game. Uh, it would take five games to decide this series, uh, and a large portion of that was due to the fact that they kind of swept, you know, kind of destroyed the uh, Heat. 
in the in their playing tournament game and just had their way uh, for a vast majority of that um, and just did everything possible. But after rewatching that game and then also watching the Celtics and the Hawks play uh, the last time they met, I think they met like in November, so it was a while ago. But the the results are still the same. the 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 Celtics just had their way against the Hawks defensively. The Hawks struggle, struggled um, to get anything going. This Celtics team, in my opinion, is a very good defensive team. As good as they are at offense, they're as good at defense. All their players, it's not like they've got one or two really good defensive players. All their players pitching into that and help them uh, get into a good situation where it's going to be very hard to score on them. And we saw the Hawks get kind of uncomfortable in that form. A lot of blocks for the Celtics. And that was a team that, the game that I saw was a team that didn't have uh, Williams on the court, and they didn't have Marcus Smart on the court. Two of their best defensive guys weren't even playing, and they still locked down the Hawks and, and prohibited them from doing anything. And then offensively, we know what the Celtics team can do. We know that they can beat you pretty much any way you pick your poison. If you want to get them down, stop them from three, they're going to get inside, they're going to dominate in there. Uh, and like I said, this team uh, is one of the best teams as far as depth. Um, their first string, second string, and third string guys can all participate and help. It's a it's not a situation where you be you're that scared if they sub out Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and put in some other guys behind them, they can still play and 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 be able to carry the torch and, and be able to keep things going for them. So, I think the Hawks as good as as good as they are, um, and I think they've got a lot of good players. Their first unit is definitely their strong suit. Their second and third unit aren't that great, um, but that's obviously to be expected. This Hawks team is kind of sitting on a fringe of blow the whole thing up and rebuild from scratch. I've heard that Trey Young is now being included in trade rumors now. So it kind of feels like this is the beginning of the end for the Hawks team. But like I said, this this it's a good run for them, but I just don't think they'll be able to uh, hold up against a very good Celtic squad that made a very, very deep push last season. Um, the other game that is the mirror for the, uh, I think it's the West. Yeah, the okay. West. Um, On the, the West. Lakers, yep. Lakers Grizzlies. Uh, that's also the second and seventh seed. I've got the seventh seed upsetting the, uh, the the second seed, which is the Lakers beating the Grizzlies. At first, and on uh, Wednesday, we talked about this before I was able to do a whole lot of studying for this, and I said, you know, I think I don't really understand people, why people are picking the Lakers. The Lakers are struggling. They're not playing great. They saw them in the playing tournament, not, you know, came back the last few, few minutes of the game and ended up winning that one. But I think they've got everything necessary to beat the Grizzlies. Uh, but after that, that's when things can get kind of rough yeah. or, uh, for the ha- or hairy for the Lakers. Okay. The Grizzlies love to score inside in the paint. They That's just where they live, and that's where in the games I was able to watch, and because so, it's very hard to watch games that are down the stretch because everyone's being rested for the playoffs. But <laughs> from the games you watch before that yeah. in, like, you know, February, uh, March, somewhere in there, those time frames when people are still playing – uh, you notice that they like to get inside and they like to try to score in there. The problem with the problem with that is Anthony Davis, uh, as you know, st- sometimes he struggles on the offensive side of the floor. He's very good uh, and very hard to score against inside the paint. And you can't just have one guy just roll up in there and expect him to be able to beat down the five different Lakers that will converge on you at any given moment. You have to be passing the ball out and 
this Grizzlies team is not great at passing. They usually pass it once, and that guy tries to be a hero and tries to make the three-point shot or tries to drive inside and, and just bully his way in there. Maybe that will work every now and again. Maybe you'll get a couple of foul shots, you know, a, a good a good bounce that goes your way to drop in or something of that nature. But most of the time, you're going to have to deal with LeBron James or Anthony Davis or Vanderbilt inside. Now, I know there's a weakness for the Lakers team. Something I noticed when I was watching some of their games is if you're able to get D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis inside the paint together and you get Anthony Davis to guard one guy and then you say you pass it, to, say John Morant and Dylan Brooks goes inside, Dylan Brooks kicks to John Morant, and uh, John Morant has you know D'Angelo Russell on him, they would score that nine times out of ten because he's not a great defender. Anthony Davis is a great uh, shot eraser. So I think you've got to learn how to pass inside the paint in the restricted area. You can't just run in there and expect it all to work out for yourself. Um, you know, on the offensive side of the court for the Lakers, they love to to live inside the paint and play there. And when I saw from like the Clippers game I watched and stuff like that, they're not great at stopping that. <laughs> I mean, the rebounds were just kind of all going to the to the Clippers. They were fighting, even though they had one guy compared to their like three of the Grizzlies that were just kind of going in there and and trying to dominate and for a large portion of the game the Clippers are having their way uh now I I think you're gonna have to figure out how you want to guard and and play this team but I think you have to play inside the paint and try to you know play your hand there but I don't think they have the center that's going to be good enough to be able to play the likes of the, the of what the Lakers have yeah they might Lakers might struggle with shooting uh, in a given game, that's why I want. I think this get this series will last five games as opposed to four because I don't think the Lakers will be able to sweep them out. Uh, just because I think there'll be mistakes and things like that that they'll end up making uh, if you're the Lakers. And I think there's times where the Lakers struggle with shooting, but overall, this new branded Lakers team with Austin Reeves and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Angela Russell, Vanderbilt, like these guys that they've added, has made this team a lot better uh, and has put pieces in place that can shoot from three and succeed, get inside the paint and succeed. They've got some good defensive players that now the Grizzlies, I think you can't just rely on John Morant to score everything for you. He he, he just can't. You have to have help. Dylan Brooks can't just brute force everything and, and expect that to, that to work out. Um, and these guys that they've got, yeah, they've got some guys that have had success in the past, but they're just going to have to, they just seem like they're, you know, down a little bit and they just, I don't know if they have the pieces necessary to beat this Lakers team. So I got the Lakers, but like I said, in, in five games in that one. Okay. Um, the other game, bounce around a little bit here, but the Cavaliers Knicks sure. was the game I want to talk about because okay. I think that's one of the most even games that I've seen. Where do they fall in the, uh, that is, um, on the East. Uh, in, so they're like seedings for these guys, oh, four and five, four and five. Okay. They're the, the one of the top seats. Uh, this one I think is one of the most even ones because Donovan Mitchell is kind of the leader of the Cavaliers. And I don't think anyone disagree with that. Jalen Brunson, I would say, after he got traded from the uh, from the Mavs, has been that guy for, or I think he was actually signed in free agency. It has been that guy for uh, the Knicks, and I think overall these squads just line up perfectly. Like if you just look at them and how they and how they play. They both are good from three. They're both good at defense. They're good, both good at you know paint defense and scoring in the paint and making moves and being, uh, being able to kind of finagle in there and, and knowing exactly what to do with each other. Both the games I saw, I think, were decided by like three, maybe five points total. So each of those games was really close. Uh, but I like the Knicks better than I like Cleveland just because I think the Knicks are able to go on hot streaks and stay on them longer than the Cavaliers are. I think the Cavaliers are... Donovan Mitchell, 
you know, uh, Garland and some of these guys that they have, but they don't have all the same pieces that the Knicks have. I think Julius Randle, Toppin, uh, and, and, and uh, Jalen Brunson are going to be kind of a force to reckon with a little bit. I think if you ask me about like all these games, I'm pretty sure about a lot of them. This one I could go either way with. I think this this series is going to be one of those series that might be one of the longest that we see. Just because I think it's going to go kind of punch for punch between these two squads until they figure each other out and what their exact weaknesses are and what they need to do to succeed. Um, but like I said, I think overall the Knicks just have the better of the two uh, of the two squads. I think Donovan Mitchell can have success and he can dominate it. He can do a lot for the squad. But if you look at it like clutch moments, all those times that you think of, you know, the the uh, the Cavaliers come back into the games and they they are able to get those last few second shots. Those are all Donovan Mitchell putting it on his back and figuring out how what to do to win. If you look at the Knicks, I think they could score in so many different ways uh, and have some success in so many different ways that they're almost really hard to stop in, in a lot of ways. So I think personally, um, at first I was going to go with the Cavaliers because of Donovan Mitchell, and but now I think you have to kind of look at it and say the Knicks are going to be able to do that. But as far as how many games that's going to be decided in, I normally fall within five. That's kind of where I like to go. But with this series, I could see get stretched all the way to seven. Uh, because I think, like I said, I think the Cavaliers are going to lose a couple of games, but I think they're going to figure it out and try to, you know, battle back and forth with this Knicks team to see who's going to be had the victory. But overall, I think, like I said, the Knicks have the better squad. Um, I'm going to go to the Knicks war or sorry, the Kings Warriors game, which is the third and the sixth seed. The Warriors being the sixth seed before we go into the other 76ers nets. Um, this game personally, I think the Warriors uh, should be a little bit cautious about how they approach this game because the Kings um, can definitely beat the Warriors squad um, if they if they're given the opportunity to do so uh, all the games I've, I've I watched the last time they met the last few times they met they dominate the paint and I mean they control it they do not let anything in there I mean you have to have the most perfect pass of all time to be able to get inside this defense and make some type of play inside the paint they harass the guy that has the ball down there they do not let him slide or do pretty much anything um, the Warriors really struggled with that especially in that second game that I saw uh, in, in November where they just kind of got around him and they stood around him and they did not let anything happen with us Looney or Curry is really the only guy that I saw that was really able to get in there and actually slice up the defense and do enough and have enough of ball handling skills and know exactly what to do to be able to beat him. But every other guy I saw that tried to get in there and tried to pass in there ended up in a turnover, ended up in a block, ended up in a um, an out-of-bounds turnover. It doesn't matter. They just really could just dominate. The offensive side for the Knicks is pretty much the same. They love to score in the paint. And besides Looney, I really didn't see anybody that was there uh, and ready to stop uh, any of these guys that just rush the paint, whether that's Fox, Sabonis, or whatever the case may be, they were all getting in there. Monk even got in there and, and had it, had his way uh, and really just started to dominate. And none of the Warrior guys were able to step up and deal with it. Uh, because I think when you look at it and you look at this playoff game, you know what's going to happen with this Warriors, right? Curry, Clyde Thompson, Jordan Poole, they're all going to want to shoot the threes. Traymond is going to try to get inside. He's going to try to bully. He's going to try to get in people underneath people's skin, which might give him a couple technicals at the beginning, um, you know, and things of that nature on the defense. And he's going to be very physical, pushing guys around a little bit to try to get them loosened up. But the problem with that is that might just aggravate the Knicks or the, the Kings even more to the point where they just start going at Draymond and seeing where, can you stop us? Can you stop us? He's going to give a lot to, a lot to the line a lot. Now, 
the way I see the Warriors winning is really two things. If you're going to go inside, make sure you have the most perfect pass of all time and make sure it's 95% of the time Curry that's doing the work of getting inside and pass the ball because he's usually the only guy that succeeds. And two, you've got to beat him with what you do best. And what you do best is threes. That's really the best you've got. Um, and I would, and I guess there's actually three points. I guess the other other point would be, you know, allow them to take more threes than you allow them to move inside the paint. Meaning, have more bodies in the paint than you do guarding the perimeter, and have guys just kind of buzz out when there's a shot because they're decent from threes, but they're great in the paint. And I would take my chances with them hitting a few occasional threes that have letting them take the entire day up with just dunks and mid range shots that you have a guy that that's undersized in comparison to guard. Um, and then offensively, like I said, you're going to have to figure out how to pick up the slack from, from some of these guys, Curry and Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole. Those guys have to be doing pretty much the most, the heavy lifting and they got to knock down the, like a huge clip from three, because if they don't, they're going to get into a situation where they start falling behind a little bit and they have to figure out a way to get scrappy and score. And obviously the, uh, the, the Kings can't fully stop them from scoring anything inside the paint. That's impossible for a team to do. What isn't impossible is to make them shoot very poorly from the paint and force them to play from threes. And I think that's where you want to live for the Kings. Uh, because, yeah, they're some of the best three-pointers on three-point shooters on that team. And, yeah, we know their ability and, and what they're able to do. But if you look at it, I mean, you can't shoot threes all day long. You're going to have to try to figure out how to win that chess match of how to, you know, um, get inside the paint and, 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 and be able to score from there. The problem is how long is that going to take? Um, so I think that this Knicks team can pull off a couple surprising victories for underneath the Warriors. Uh, I think the Warriors need to be careful. I think Draymond needs to play smart because this isn't one of the series that you can brute force through. It's about being, you know, skilled and, and a lot of strategy behind to how you are carving up this defense and how you're moving inside and how you're playing that type of basketball because this team is just, they are a wall inside the paint. And I mean, even Looney, who's one of their biggest guys and um, that they have, I, I mean, he struggled to get anything up on the rim because people are just kind of converging and making his life miserable. So in this series, like I said, I, I think the, the Kings could definitely pull off maybe that first night victory, uh, maybe a second night victory, a couple of, you know, games that people are sleeping on or opportunities. They think the Warriors are just going to kind of come in there and win. Uh, but they're also lower seeds, so they're going to have to go to the Kings Stadium to play. They're not going to be able to play at home. So I think, like I said, I think that's going to be decided in five games. And then the last one is, I would say that's probably the second easiest one of this batch to talk about and to decide and pick. Um, I got the 76ers. Uh, the Nets did a lot to help um, themselves get in a decent situation as far as when they got rid of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving through trades. Um, Kyrie Irving trade, they didn't get enough from. Kevin Durant, they got a lot from. I think uh, Bridges, I think Dinwiddie, and I think um, I think some of these – and Claxton, I think these guys that they have can have success and can – you know, bother and beat. And I think they can bother James Harden and kind of get into his head a little bit. And I think they've got good shooters that can definitely keep themselves close for a game. I don't think, I think the first game is going to set the tone for everything. I think th there's a possibility they go into, you know, Philadelphia guns blazing and they get into a really competitive game where they're close to the end and maybe they lose that one. But after that, I think it all goes downhill from there because I don't think the, the, the Nets, had the pieces that are going to be able to beat Maxi and be James Harden, uh, Tobias Harris, like these guys for a full 
length of a basketball game. That's going to be very hard for them to do because throughout the seasons, throughout the season, sorry, they have struggled with getting anything going. So I think this is either a sweep situation or a five game situation. I think more than likely, uh, I think it's going to be four, um, but I'm going to go with five just because I think there's always that possibility for a trap game. But I, I mean, you know what? I think I'm going to go for, I think that's yep. going to be a sweep situation as well. So I think it'd wow. be two sweeps. Wow. Should be fun though. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we got the weekend. Yeah. We got we games got, tomorrow. Lots of games. I think the first one's one Eastern. Okay. And that's the 76ers Nets. All right. What's the game? What's the situation tonight? What's the schedule? When's uh, it first off? game is the uh oh the first game is the Bulls and Heat. And that starts at six, and then the other game's at nine thirty Eastern time. That's Eastern time. Mm-hmm. So it's happening now. Yep. We gotta go. Yeah, watching. All right, very good. We you know we didn't talk any NFL. Obviously, we kept it to the playoffs, the NBA playoffs here. But the NFL draft is coming up. Yeah, let's see, it's on the twenty seventh. So, so what, like week two, two weeks, a little over a week, I think. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that later. Until tomorrow. See you. See you. God bless. You.